Hello. It is March 15th, 1945. We are live at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, California. And it is time for the big award of the 17th annual Academy Awards honoring the films of 1944. <laughs> and the envelope, please. <laughs> and a drum roll. And the winner is going my way. You know, they say that that we're hammy. I don't. I don't know where that com- comes from. I think it comes from you. <laughs> <laughs> Although I appreciate the buildup and the suspense. It yes. really, it really made me feel like I was there. I don't know, know I mean? but don't you have you have that pig emoji on your grinder profile? Oh, I do. I, oh, that's, but that's so you're a little hammy. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I'm uh, just a little piggy. <laughs> I don't know who we are anymore. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we've Going My Way. It's the winner of Best Picture this year. Oh my goodness. So many opinions. So many opinions. This is my <laughs> first time watching it. Was it your first time? I had thought I had seen it before, but I was just confusing it. Mm. Because I um, because I have seen the sequel, uh, The Bells of St. Mary's. Oh, interesting. Which is a similar movie um, but not going my way. But it's not. I'm curious how you, why you sought out the sequel first and I then didn't watch. Maybe did necessarily. You, you had seen it. Well, you know, I have uh, that thing I've told you before. Mm. I don't know if I've told the audience before. Mm. I don't remember what we've discussed in these episodes. Truth. I have a uh, a weekly movie night with some friends of mine, uh, who we those friends and I used to be tour guides at Warner Brothers. It's mm. not like again anything against Universal. That's fair. Um, but we had a month, my friend Oriana, uh, programs all of it, and she had a month about nuns. (laughs) (laughs) I love that theme. So every month has a theme, and like this month we're doing 80s, uh, family dramas, and we watched... Ordinary People. We watched Ordinary People and, uh, uh, Parenthood. And we're watching on Golden Pond, oh, like so, like it's a good ones. Those are good ones. Okay, cool. Yeah. But we did a nun month, and Ingrid Bergman plays a nun in the Bells of Saint Mary. She sure does. So, so what? Okay, so what were your thoughts on this first one? What? What? Did do we you... want to start there, or do we want to go? <laughs> should, I, we, should we ease into our let's criticism? Talk about. Let's talk about the the year. We the should. Year. You're this right. This is it's 1944. Correct. Uh, the we're war. still in World War Two. Yeah. Yes. Which is, I think, going to shade a lot of our discussion of this. I movie. think so too. Absolutely, yes. it really plays a part in what the audience wanted to see in the theater, for sure. And if we're looking at these, I mean, let's let's talk about some of the other winners and nominees here. Sure. And also, um, as, a, as a sidebar, this was the first year that the Oscars only did five nominees for Best Picture, a tradition that was carried on for decades after this until i mean recently really until the last 20 10 years is that what it was the first one 2011 uh, dark knight was 2008 so i think 2009 was 2009? the first year you're right absolutely with eight which they have like eight it was ten it, it's whatever. like seven it, there's like yes. a percentage of the vote it's, it's all a weird very convoluted yes and, and it very rarely <laughs> is 10 i don't know if usually it, has eight. it been 10 never been 10 it's it's been up to nine yes yeah um, because you have to get like so many percentage, percentage, so many votes like so many it. number one votes. Yeah, we could probably take a whole episode and just break down how the best picture is awarded now. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. Getting a nomination is is <laughs> interesting, and it really um, is just to win. 
Uh, we have five this year, which we is do. so nice. We do have five this year. I like it being five. Do you like it being five? I, it's, an e- it's a more manageable number. More manageable. It'll be easier for us to talk about. And all the other categories are five. It just makes sense. You know, I'm looking at this uh, this breakdown. Mm. I've Out of the five nominees, I've only not seen one movie. Was it Wilson? Yes. Correct. And that's what I'm kind of the most curious about, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, it sounds and looks really, really good. Well, it's a presidential biopic. I love that stuff. You know, and, and I know slim to nothing about Woodrow Wilson. And you know, it's a, it's, a, you know, you can like the great thing about the studio era of movies, you can like see what studio produced a movie, and you can kind of get a feel. Like this is a 20th century Fox movie, and mm. Fox did like Grapes of Wrath and things like that, and sure. that feels very, like they probably did a good job with that type of movie. I would you imagine. Know? I love. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's a, you know, a presidential biopic and the lead actor is nominated, it, it does say something, you know? Kind of like watching Frost Nixon and watching Frank Langella. Amazing. Uh, oh, that is... I do like a good performance movie, too. Me too. And that's, you know, uh, Alexander Knox is the actor who played Wilson, apparently. Apparently. Uh, Woodrow Wilson, we should say his name. Correct. In case you were confusing him with... <laughs> Is there another Wilson? I can't think of a historical Wilson oh, off the top of my head. Um, there's probably one. There must be. I know. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie either, and I would like to. So, okay. Um, <laughs> let's okay. Let's let's do the other one. Uh, let's since do... you went away was also nominated for best picture. I haven't seen it, but you have. Ran. Since you went away is uh, the longest of these movies. Oh, interesting. Um, I believe, unless Wilson is super long, and I didn't look at the runtime. Oh let's see. like. Anthony Hopkins and Nixon. Oh, it's, it's like a, three hours. It's 154 minutes. Oh, That's, I was very close. Um, since you went away, that was 172. So. Oh, wow. This is the... Selznick, after Rebecca, took a little bit of a, a break uh-huh. um, and then made some really poor financial decisions. He sold his interest in Gone with the Wind. Oh, my um, gosh. I forget if he sold it first to his like partner, Jock Whitney, and then he sold it to MGM... But somehow or other, it ended up solely in MGM's hands before they had just had the distribution rights for the initial releases. And um, and that ended up being, I mean, like, that was probably a poor decision in the long run. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) probably. He's kicking himself in his grave now. Um, But uh, since you went away was like, uh, so he made Gone with the Wind, Rebecca, Mm one-two punch right there. And then he uh, took four years off, and Since You Went Away was the first movie Selznick had made, and he wrote the screenplay to this movie, and the credit, I believe, I'm not quoting this uh, directly because it's in the opening credits, but um, he, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is credited for the screenplay as the screenplay written by the <clears throat> producer or something ah, like that. Gotcha. It's like something really pretentious. Like, okay... Gotcha. Well, it was not nominated for screenplay, so... No. Sorry, my friends. No. Um, but Since You Went Away is a really sweet little movie um, about uh, a mother played by Claudette Colbert and her two daughters and their experiences on the home front uh, while the father's away at war. Okay. So you never see the father. They take in a boarder uh, who's... Played by Monty Woolley. Okay. Who's in The Man Who Came to Dinner and um, some other stuff. And he uh, has like a, I think it's a son or a nephew, I forget. 
uh, exactly, but that's played by Robert Walker, who's probably best known for Strangers on a Train. Definitely. And um, Robert Walker uh, falls in love with Jennifer Jones, who's one of the, the daughters. The daughter. They were married in real life. Oh. And their marriage is falling apart in real life. <gasps> they fall in love in, on screen. And who was Jennifer Jones falling for? But producer David O. Selznick. Correct. Who she, he would eventually divorce his wife and she would divorce him and marry mm. him. And then Robert Walker, of course, would die very young. Oh, <laughs> goodness. So, um, so that all sucks. And then the other daughter is a teenager um, played by Shirley Temple. And this is uh, her first... She had taken a couple years off. After being a child after star. After being a child star <laughs> and having a tough time, like, making any progress. Like, she had had... She made, like, one movie with a contract at MGM. Right, well, how old... like, a preteen and... How old would she have been in this movie? She would have been, like, what? A, 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 definitely a teenager. Well, but... this is 1944. 44. Um, and, and she, she was, was born, born... On the year of... 1928. So she is... Uh, 16. 16. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Yeah, and she was... Well, she had been 16 when they were making it? Maybe like 15, she was born 16. April. Yeah. Uh, she was 15, 16. So she's... Wow. Uh, this is her first, like, real role as, like, a teenager. Right. Um, and then over the next few years, she would spend... She would be making a lot more movies. She'd stay under contract to Selznick, uh, who would mainly... You know, Selznick didn't make that many movies, so he loaned the people he had under contract out a lot. Same thing with Ingrid Bergman um, and uh, and Jennifer Jones, but he he took a special interest in Jennifer Jones. He yes, <laughs> sure did. But it's a good movie. You liked it, uh, yes. Oh, and Joseph Cotton's in it, and he's like an old family friend who has like some tension with Claudette okay. Colbert. Sure. Um, and Claudette Colbert, this is the first movie she made where she wasn't. Where she had kids, where she played. She was a mother, so she's she finally first, gone into her motherly role. She, <laughs> this is her first motherly, and she looks. And even though she's in her forties, she looks amazing because she of aged course. super well. Um, and she was nominated, and de- I don't think it's a win for her, but it's a it's a nice performance. It's good. What about Jennifer like, Jones? She was nominated for supporting actress. She, I, her role's I think a little bit more challenging than Claudette Colbert's, gotcha. but um, she already has an Oscar for a very good performance. True. But her career in general makes you go, nah, for as far as her Oscar worthiness. So I right. would say definitely not. Ha, not a win. Not a win. Um, Fair point. Anyway, but it's a, I, it was a long time explaining it, but um, it is a sweet little war movie. Cool. And it's very of its time. Definitely. And it definitely probably appealed to... The women of this year, you know, yeah. all their men were still fighting overseas, and this is them kind of watching their lives on the picture, kind of like a similar thing would be with Mrs. Miniver, yeah. you know, a few years before, yes. uh, with the English people watching an English family um, going through it. Now this is kind of an American version of what the American women were experiencing during the war as well. And I would say that, um, I would say that Mrs. Miniver's better movie than Since You Went Away, but... Fair. Um, but Since You Went Away is, is really sweet, and it has a really famous moment in it oh, um, that a lot nice. of people don't realize is from it. Um, and it's a... I mean, like, this type of moment's been in a few movies, but the the one that's parodied is uh, when Jennifer Jones says goodbye to Robert Walker at a train station um, in the movie as he's going off mm-hmm. back to war or whatever. Um 
she says goodbye to him at the train and she runs alongside the train oh, as they're saying goodbye yeah. and the train goes off and she stands there and there's the long shadow and gotcha and that very specifically is referenced in airplane uh yeah definitely uh, right towards the beginning of the movie there's a definitely. similar situation there's so many like train scenes and whatnot you know what i mean yeah. where it's like oh i'm saying goodbye the train's going far away yeah yeah it's yeah. very very parodied now um, Interesting. Gaslight. Okay. Gaslight, also nominated for Best Picture. I love this movie. I had a feeling that we would have a lot to talk about because <laughs> I know that you love Ingrid Bergman. I love Ingrid Bergman. And I, she wins for this. She did win Best Actress, and I will say very deservedly so. I really love her in Casablanca the year before, but there's something about her in Gaslight where she just takes over this picture, and I think mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart and Claude Rains kind of dominate Casablanca, whereas in Gaslight, this is her film. I think she's so good. That ending monologue where she talks about uh, her madness speech and how he's just driven her crazy, I think is cinematic genius, and she is perfect. Absolutely wonderful. This is a great little... um, This is one of those, like, Hitchcock movies that Hitchcock didn't direct. Yes, it feels very Hitchcockian. Definitely. Um, And Charles... um, Boyer. Boyer. Yes. uh, He is so good in this movie, too. Oh, he is always, um, he's always kind of delightful. We, always delightful. We dealt with him uh, when we watched Love Fair. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we've expressed our um, appeal for him in years past. And he's he was nominated for, definitely. he was nominated for this too. And kind of a different role for him, you know, like he's really kind of that sinister, creepy person that you, you think you can trust, but you don't want to trust. Yeah. It's like, you know, everybody's kind of worst nightmare. You're married to somebody that you don't really know. This is kind of like Suspicion, but if Suspicion was a good movie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is like the version of Suspicion Hitchcock wished he directed. Um, Just done so much better. We have a young Angela Lansbury in this too. No, it's... Who it's, is nominated for an Oscar. It's her first film. The first two films, two Oscar nominations out the gate. And then she doesn't get another and one until... And she still doesn't have an Oscar. Well, she doesn't get another nomination until Manchurian, Manchurian Candidate. Candidate. Which she should have one for. We'll talk about that later on. <laughs> Manchurian Candidate. <sighs> her in that movie is one of the best performances of all time. And she maybe is. the only mistake Meryl Streep ever made was, was trying to... Trying uh, to take on that man. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um. Uh, yes. Uh, I. Oh, this I, is George George Cukor directed this. I was, which makes total sense. Yes, it's wonderful. He's such a like. Um, we talk about we talked about this with William Wyler too. Mm-hmm. Like he can do a lot of different genres. Anything you this know. Is, this is like a classic. Like, suspense, you know, London set suspense, film noir foggy. movie. Yeah, yeah, it really encapsulates the film noir genre perfectly, along with another movie nominated for Best Picture this well, year. Well, you know, before we talk about that, Ooh, okay. I, I want to say something real quickly, because there are two movies nominated for Best Director that did not get Best Picture nominations. Ooh, yes, delve into that. And uh, so since you went away and Gaslight were not nominated for Best Director, so sorry, mm-hmm. George, and sorry, uh, I think it was John Cromwell. John, Yeah, John Cromwell. You did not get uh, Best Director nominations, but two um, very prominent people were nominated. Yes. Um, Alfred Hitchcock uh, was nominated for Lifeboat, yes. which I've only seen once. Mm, I have not seen. Uh, you would love it because yeah. Tallulah Bankhead is... <sighs> Wonderful. Yeah. I do adore her. Uh, which I gotta say, like the only thing I'd actually ever watched her in before that was that episode of 
Lucy that she's on. Oh my gosh, yeah. You remember that? I sure do. Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, excuse me. I, there you go, there you go. I, yeah, I've seen so many just like random YouTube clips. Um, that would be one of them. Well, yeah, so it's just like her with that great hairstyle and, and they're stuck on a raft and mm-hmm. they take in somebody... Because like an ocean liner's bombed or something, right? And it's like a, a Nazi, isn't it? They and they take in... they take in a Nazi. Yes, and it's like they're all stuck together. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's, fascinating. It's fascinating. I love the idea of it. Absolutely. Um. So, uh, and Hitchcock's cameo in the movie is uh, because you can't. Oh uh, yeah, what is it? He they they had there's a newspaper. They have a newspaper and there's a there's a a weight loss ad in there and it's Hitchcock oh my gosh that's funny like really fat and then less fat and then le- <laughs> slightly less fat um, that's hilarious okay cool and then the other movie which I just saw the other day mm. again I've seen it a couple times um, is Otto Priminger's Laura yes and I've had multiple people recommend this movie to me and I have you yet to watch have it you got to see it ah, there we go Bring I okay so this past weekend uh here in LA, yeah. um, and this happens periodically. So check AmericanCinematheCalendar.com. Get right on that. AmericanCinemaTheQ.com. Got it. That's how you spell Cinematheque. Got it. Cinema T H E Q U E. They are one of only four theaters. Uh, the Egyptian in Hollywood is one of only four theaters in the country that is equipped to play nitrate film. Oh. And nitrate is uh, what was the standard film stock up until the late 40s. And it's highly flammable. Have you ever seen the movie Cinema Paradiso? Right. Um, That's the reason that the theater burns down the movie. Because it's just like, it starts burning. And then water can't put it out. It's just like, it just got to burn. Jeez, okay. And so, in order for them to play it, like very specific projector and the room has to be fireproof and the people running the projector have to be very specifically trained. Oh my god! It's like a whole ordeal, but the film quality, um, it's like, uh, it's like that shimmery look. Definitely. And so, um, it's worth it. Like translucent looking Mm. and, um, and the print of Laura, they, I saw like, I saw Rebecca Um, I saw a movie called Nightmare Alley, which hadn't been played very much because it's not that well known. Sure. So that print looked like beautiful because it had barely been played. And so that really gave you an idea. Laura was a little bit more scratchy, but it was still pretty. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Laura is the ultimate film noir. Oh, okay. That and Double Indemnity, sure. I would say, are like, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But um, Laura should have been nominated for Best Picture, honestly. Amazing. Um, definitely over what one. Laura's uh, one of the all-time great movies. It has an actress named Jean Tierney in it who mm. is... Um, uh, amazing. Like, she's amazing, and she's in, she's nominated next year for something that we'll talk about next. <laughs> we'll get into. <laughs> um, we'll talk about next time. But you should see Laura. It has um, Vincent Price. Oh, yes. Um, it has... Uh, uh, Clifton Webb nominated for supporting Clifton actor. Webb. Uh, Namit, who is absolutely, he narrates and he is, it's, he like plays kind of a coded gay character too. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, A lot of times he seems to play those characters too. And it's, he's like the flamboyant writer, you know, 
like radio personality. Okay. And it's, and he like has an obsession with Laura, and then Laura's dating Vincent Price. And she has a older cousin who's played by Judith Anderson. Yes. Okay. Um, now it's very different. I wasn't on board before. I'm on board now. And then uh, Dana Andrews oh, is the detective who comes in to investigate what's going on. And he is, um, of course, in a movie we'll talk about in a couple of years. We sure will. Um, what a dreamboat. So, yes, that's my... Okay, done. So, I, I will absolutely watch it. Okay. Laura sounds great. Um, but... It's now time to talk about the best picture of 1944. Yes, it is. The double final, Indemnity. Yes. <laughs> final nominee, Double Indemnity. This movie. See, okay, for me personally, this is the greatest film noir movie of all time. This movie, even over like, and I, I'll say this when we're talking about it, for next week, Mildred Pierce. I think this movie triumphs over Mildred Pierce. I think that's fair. Yeah. No, 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 no you're mean, right. This is a this okay. one's a little bit more grounded in reality than Mildred yes, Pierce. It's so interesting. And yeah. this movie has Barbara Stanwyck in it. And can we <sighs> just talk about Barbara Stanwyck? That blonde wig that she wears, it is I feel like even if you haven't seen Double Indemnity, you've absolutely seen a picture of Barbara Stanwyck in Double Indemnity. And it's like so great that she has this wig that is not a great wig. It No, not at all. It's not. It's but not. it's so fitting yes. for her character. Exactly. There's, because the it just there's, makes her trashy enough. Yes, and there's her character that she plays, there's always just something a little off about so her. So the wig not being right is exactly. like... Exactly. The ugh. wig helps. You know what I mean? Uh, she's brilliant in this movie. And this is where I have the most trouble. This is a very difficult year when you break because down Because you love Ingrid and Bergman and you love Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> it, is, it is challenging. It's so challenging because we obviously... Because that's what I was thinking when you were talking about Ingrid Bergman. I was like, I I, it's not like... It's so frustrating. But Barbara Stanwyck doesn't happen. I know. And this would be it. And that's why yeah. we, we know the future. We know that Ingrid Bergman wins two more Oscars and Barbara Stanwyck does not. So if, you know, if, if we were rewriting history, I would yeah. give it to Barbara Stanwyck because... Ingrid Bergman will have her two others um, well, later it's on. Interesting, like why do you think it's interesting to think like why did they vote for who they vote for? Because we let's look at this category. You know, okay, I was reading about this actually, this exact question. I'm yeah. glad you asked this. Uh, Ingrid Bergman was, you know, kind of a new star. Okay. And Casablanca being her breakout film, and everyone wanted her to win for Casablanca. She but she was not nominated for exactly. Casablanca. Yes. So this is now the very next year. An even better movie, everyone was like, give her the award. And Barbara Stanwyck had okay, really... So you just said Gaslight's better than Casablanca. I just want to clarify. Her performance. Her performance is better. She's a bigger, better... Okay. Yes, there we go. More specifically. Gaslight yes. is great. Let's not say it's better than Casablanca. It is not. <laughs> However, her performance, definitely. Meteor, it's a, it's a more deserving performance to give her an Oscar over Casablanca. <laughs> Um, so that, you know, I understand where it was coming from and I get why it's like, ooh, they all, like the chips just all... And you look at this category and you have Claudette Colbert, who had won before, Mm -hmm. Betty Davis, who had won twice before, (laughs) and I've seen Mr. Skeffington and she didn't need to win again for Mr. Skeffington. Definitely. Um, uh, and Greer Garson, who had won before. Had won before. We got Mr. Skeppington and Mrs. Parkington. Exactly. And um, Greer and Garson then, gave the longest acceptance speech ever. They didn't want to get her on stage They didn't want to get again. her back up there? They're like, no, leave her no, down. leave her it down. It really was between, I think, Barbara Stanwyck It was and definitely between the two of them. Absolutely. There's no, there's no question here. And but, I mean, Ingrid Bergman was the hot new thing. I mean, how often 
does the Academy give the young ingenue? And I feel like it's Oscar? like Barbara Stanwyck was probably caught in maybe the same type of situation that like Glenn Close and Amy Adams find themselves in. Yeah. Where they just keep giving consistently good performances and and people probably think like, well, they'll have another chance. Eventually it'll happen. Exactly. It's going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Like no one thought there was going to be a time when Barbara Stanwyck stopped giving Academy exactly. Award performances. I think re- like in retrospect, if you want Ingrid to keep this Oscar, we can mm-hmm. just, you take away um, the Oscar that Louise Reiner won <laughs> for and give it playing your... an Asian person yes, in the good, Earth. the good Earth. And give it to Barbara for Stella Dallas. Which Stella Dallas, I mean, it's not as good a performance as this. Right, it's more it's, of a tragic weepy. It's yeah. more of like a, a, a stereotypical. And that's what's so great is this is Barbara Stanwyck in like just a different light and it's such a strange but and she didn't want to be play this she yeah. she was afraid to play somebody this unlikable of course and it know? makes sense because she is evil and yes. i love every second of it the entire cast i think fred mcmurray is perfect in this movie edward G. robinson is perfect in yep. this movie everything about it is it's, so great the screenplay the, the, the is so screenplay great play is so good and the and the photography and yes. the way they show yes. You know, this CD Los Angeles, you know that house that's in the movie? It's, yes. Uh, you can go buy it. It looks exactly mm. the same. I love that. In case that. you ever want to drive by it. That's the great thing, too. What I really love about, like, Billy Wilder and, you know, these movies is he really loves L.A., but hates L.A., yes. and just, like, takes out all of his frustration on the city, like, in these movies. Do you know? Because it really is like Los Angeles. And I mean, we know these people. We do. know. We know people who are like that. The 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 people in those marriage for money situations. Absolutely. You know. You know. It's kind of like he's sort of poking fun at those types of people who live in L.A. You know. Yeah. How L.A. can create these just vile human beings, yeah. and he just lets them play out in front of you, and <sighs> I love that. But I like that. You know, spoilers abound. Yeah. Um, I like that you have that moment, like, what is it, like, right at the end of the movie, right before he, uh, <laughs> before he shoots her, and you almost think for a second, like, he's not gonna, I know. And, she, like, maybe she loves him? I know. Like, it's so it's twisted. Like, it's like, it is so twisted, you know what Oh, I mean? and that dialogue, oh my gosh, the dialogue right when they first meet each other, and uh, that, and that speeding ticket I love thing, it. it's, like, my favorite. It's wonderful. And like, I orgasm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but oh, I, twice. like... <laughs> <laughs> Twice in one day. People ask me like, "What are you into?" And I play them that clip. <laughs> oh, I love that! I love that for you. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's a great movie, and it is it is uh, far and away my favorite movie of the year that I've seen of them. Yes, I'm um, really curious to know. I think I don't think Laura is better than Double Indemnity, mm-hmm. Indemnity, but I will like to know your opinion of Laura after you see it. And like, yeah, I'm but, very curious. I will definitely get on that. But I will say it is interesting <laughs> what happens in 1945 because while the movie that wins in 1945 I think is a good movie and we'll talk about that uh-huh. next week. Um, Double Indemnity not winning. Mm-hmm. Best Picture and Best Director, mm-hmm. I definitely think has an effect on Night 45. Definitely. Oh, yes. Because this was, you know, Double Indemnity was kind of Billy Wilder's first, like, big success. Yes. The first know? movie he directed was a very um, lightweight comedy. Yeah. Because uh, he had been a writer for years. And, and he it wrote, shows. 
Um, and yeah, and he wrote a lot of great like screwball yeah. comedy screenplays. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to use something that would be like guaranteed box office to be his first movie um, at Paramount. And it was the major and the minor, which right. has Ginger Rogers. It's actually it doesn't sound like it should work and for some reason it does it's like about ginger rogers trying to pass as a 12 year old so that she can um so that she can get child fare on a on a train ticket home so she oh, doesn't have, have the money for the adult fare and the then she falls in really a different time she falls in love with ray milland but ray milland thinks she's a kid wow okay got uh, it and then she like okay ends up having to stay with him for some reason okay. and he runs like a boys school um, okay. And so, like, all these, like... On paper, it sounds teen- a little weird. And all these teenage boys are, like, chasing after her, and she has to, like, try to... And meanwhile, she's trying to break up, like, the relationship Charles... Well, that Frank like, Land has with his... It's kind of like the the weirdness surrounding, like, Big with Tom Hanks. It's and you think very about that now, similar. it's like... Ooh, a little icky. <laughs> but like, it but a great com- movie. <laughs> but when you're watching it, you know, like the way they yes, sell it, totally. You don't. Like, and it's like Ray Milland doesn't fall doesn't fall for her, sure. When she's because he thinks she's a child, so it's not weird. It's yeah. that she's falling for him, but she can't admit that she's not a child. Also, you have to buy the fact that thirty whatever year old Ginger Rogers is a twelve year old. Totally, you got to get past that first. But yeah, I would say Dublin Devony is kind of where everything really fell into place for Billy Wilder, and it's like a big success, and it, it's such a good movie. It's definitely one of my favorites of his. He is one of my favorite directors of all time. And it should be the best picture. It should be the best picture. It should be the best picture. It really ushered in the film noir genre, it really, like, and popularized it, and made it like a this less movie, of a B movie, and now yes. it's like an A-tier film now. You yes. know what I mean? And this, um, Laura, as I mentioned, there's mm-hmm. a movie that came out this year called uh, uh, Murder, My Sweet. Is it Murder? Yeah, it's Murder. Et yes, Murder, My Sweet with uh, uh, Dick Powell. Um, it's like the year that it really, really gets going. And this starts a whole, and we'll be discussing this more in the next few years, yeah. Because there's other movies nominated that are... But yeah, but, I mean, if you look at it, this is a very dark year for movies. Double Indemnity, Gaslight, very dark pictures. And it's interesting that what... I mean, yeah, and Since You Went Away is not dark, but it's dealing with some heavy... Heavy drama. Same thing with, you know, Wilson. You have a biopic about a U.S. president, very drama-centered. But then we have so then Going we have, My Way. Then we have the one that won Best Picture, which is Going My Way, which could not be more opposites of uh, any of these movies. <laughs> Going My Way does not really have a, like an overarching plot. It, it just it it's, it's a movie about being Crosby as a uh, as a uh, a, a pastor. I, that's not the right word. Priest? A priest. A young priest. I'm sorry, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know a lot about the Catholic Church outside mm. of what movies have taught me. Um, and he comes into this parish that's like floundering for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And of course he turns everything around and he gets a boys choir together and he helps some girl who wants to be a oh. singer. 
and uh, all the subplots to this lots movie of are subplots. So and then Barry Fitzgerald's the one who was the priest at the church right. or is the priest of the church, and and, and that's he, like yes, like will... makes him see that the ways of the youth are exactly. You know, it's like it's a new like, way versus old ways butting head in a. It's a classic plot. It's a plot we've Definitely. seen many times and we'll see many more times. And where the movie succeeds is that relationship between Bing Crosby and Barry Fitzgerald, the new pastor and the old pastor. I feel like I should say this isn't a bad movie. I think that's the wrong way to put it. I feel like if this was on TV on a rainy Saturday Uh and I was doing laundry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Are you fold laundry to this? Are you with me? I could fold I'm it. I'm with you. It's I would pleasant. Turn it off. I don't have to pay a lot of attention. Sure. I this movie just goes I don't know. It's it like, just kind of goes nowhere. It really goes it goes nowhere. And that's what I'm saying. Like there's you want more of the two priests and you you get a lot of it, but there's too many scenes that go away from them and there's supporting characters that a you don't lot of care subplot about. we don't need and the movie is over two hours so and you could easily that, yeah the whole thing is like hat. yeah the, the the church needs money because they're behind in their rent essentially yes. something like that and the whole way when they, it burns they, when it burns to the ground the whole way they fix it is by like creating a boys choir and they write a song together and they sell the song to these producers and i'm like this is so unbelievable that i yeah. i cannot get behind the, uh, this, uh, you know, this, this, uh, the ending just, of it, it doesn't make any sense. No, it, 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 it's... And the songs are terrible. They're not catchy. Maybe they're catchy for 1944, but I don't know if horrible. they are. I, I don't, like, because I've heard other songs from 1944 <laughs> that I think are okay. Well, I mean, from this time oh, period yeah. that I... But when you look at it in the terms of I where we are in the world... Best song. It did. Oh, it did. It sure did. Swinging on a Star. Swinging on a Star, which is mm. probably, I don't know, I don't know. They're all terrible. They're all garbage songs. Um, but like you understand, I can understand why it won in the year that it did. Well, I mean, it's like, it's pleasant and affirming and okay. The trolley song from Mimi and St. Louis was nominated. Also, Mimi and St. Louis wasn't nominated for best picture. That's a whole other, because Mimi, I just now process that this is the year of Mimi and St. Louis and now I'm angry because (laughs) like... No. Especially that they gave it to this musical, which I don't, I don't really consider going my way a true classic musical. It is, but it's not. Well, there's no breaking out. There's It's not an integrated musical. There's Correct. no breaking yes. out in the song. As it, like... All the songs are them in a piano Meet me in St. Louis. Like, it like it opens with the meet me in St. Louis. Oh, I mean, yeah. like... And then she has the boy next door, which is a great song. And she sings and Have Yourself a Merry Little which Christmas. Which is one of the greatest Christmas songs, and people it don't my realize it. It is Christmas song, actually. And a lot of people don't realize it's from Judy Garland. And the trolley song is one of the most delightful little numbers. Absolutely. It is actually... Um... I would. It's up there with Double Indemnity, actually. In terms it's a great of, film, and it's certainly a great if, you're, film. if you're going to like give an Oscar to a feel-good picture because of you know troublesome war times, Meet Me in St. Louis fits the mold way better than Going My Way does. Yeah, I mean, Going My Way, I guess, made a gazillion dollars. <laughs> it made so, a lot of money, and people really liked Bing Crosby. They I gotta love say, Bing like, Crosby. I, I get it, I get it. Bing Crosby has a great voice. I really enjoy. Um, it's grown on me. I don't think I liked it as much the first time I watched it, but I've enjoyed it more and more each time. White Christmas um, grows <laughs> on me. That's um, fair. Maybe I should watch it again, because I do not like that movie. It's very long. I mean, like, I feel like I've liked it more 
the more I watch it because it's it's like it's like cotton candy. Yeah. You know. And that's kind of what this movie feels like. It's the it's country so... girl isn't bad. I love the country girl. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. But that's him in a drama. You know, know what I mean? And that and I like him I like him breaking out of that. Me and he has too. the beautiful voice. And White Christmas is like the classic standard. I just it is. Maybe I wasn't raised watching Bing Crosby movies. I don't know if that helps. I think so. I, I definitely do. Because I, I don't I don't I don't hate his voice, but I'm not crazy about his voice. I think it's very like monotone sounding is there's nothing particularly exciting or interesting about well, his very, voice. It's a very popular voice at the time. Definitely, and I, like yes. you and had I, a lot I understand of singers like this. The celebrity behind him, and yes. it, you know, that does play a factor when you win an Oscar. And it is interesting because this is one of those. Um, this is one of those. I mean, Doris Day would do this in a few years from. 1940, a like thing where you start as a big singer and yeah. then you become and you a to movie star. What I think is very interesting about this whole thing is this is the only year that we have um, an actor, Barry Fitzgerald, who is nominated oh, yeah. for the same role in two categories. He was nominated for Best Actor for Going My Way and Best Supporting Actor for Going My Way because the rules were different. You just you received votes. People just had submitted their vote for whatever category they wanted. And nobody and then, considered that would happen. Exactly. Yeah. So he got so many votes that he was in both actor and supporting actor. <laughs> Which to me reads that he should have, I don't know if he should have won best actor. I think he's definitely a supporting character in this movie. Yeah. But like, he was even more beloved than Bing Crosby was in this movie. Well, you know what I mean? Barry Fitzgerald is a, I mean, he's in a ton of movies. He's a... He's one of the the great character actors. Yeah, and he's fantastic um, in this movie. I fully support seen, him winning. Have you seen uh, The Catered Affair? No, I have not. Okay, he's in that. Okay, work. I'll put that on the list. <laughs> it's Betty Davis. You should oh, watch it. Oh, wonderful. Gotcha. Um, it's like Betty Davis playing a a Bronx mom. Oh, I think you've told me about this before. Yeah. Yes, I need to put that. Okay, I need to watch that. Yes, yes, yes. She's married to Ernest Borgnine, and Debbie Reynolds is their daughter. That's I mean, like, right, why do I need to say anything else? Uh, <laughs> the cast alone, I'm sold. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think Barry Fitzgerald is the best part of this movie. Yes. And that is why, I mean, it was noted at the ceremony when he did win, everyone just went cuckoo bananas crazy because yeah. they loved him so much. And it makes sense. His part is... But this is where it's also things where it's like it's so overly sentimental that like the huge climax of the film is that he finally reunites with his ninety-year-old yeah. mother from Ireland, which is great and wonderful. But we've also just had a six-minute song with a boys' choir saving a church from a fire. It's like it's, it's just too a lot. Much. And I mean, like I get that the country probably needed this kind of thing at the time. Definitely, they needed I'm sure that to raise morale. And you know, like during times of peril like church attendance always goes up and and yeah. things like that because people um people want to um uh feel comforted you know so yeah definitely it makes sense but... it does make sense but i i don't like the movie i i don't recommend the movie no. i don't think anybody needs to watch this do you care about bing crosby having an oscar for it mm. I mean, like you. I mean, I don't I, know if I mind him having an Oscar, but it's not. I like, don't mind him having an Oscar either. Um, I would love Charles Boyer have, having this moment be great. Cary Grant never won one, and he was nominated this year. True. Yeah. I understand none, but Lonely Hearts kind of a rough movie, though. I've heard it. Yeah, it just didn't age well, and I have. Ethel I've only Barry. seen scenes of Ethel Barrymore, who won supporting actress. 
I've only seen which a Ethel was her. going to win at some point because she was not a few more. times. <laughs> she, she's royalty <laughs> of the three. Only John didn't win. True, because Lionel won. Uh, we've talked about him before. We have okay. a free soul. Um, yes. Uh, um, no, I don't recommend this movie. I don't like it. Um, I guess. Oh gosh, this is Agnes Agnes Moorhead. Another nomination. She because uh, she was nominated for uh, Magnificent Ambersons, and she's, and she's gonna be nominated a couple more times. She is. Agnes Moorhead, can I just say, oh, yes. is one of my favorite supporting actresses, character actresses of and all time. And she needed an Oscar. And I think Amber's And a lot of people only know her because of Bewitched, but... Isn't that funny? But she is in so many movies. So many and movies. she's always good. She's fantastic. Yes. I think I think her Oscar should have come for Amberson's. Yes. Uh, I love her in that movie. She's brilliant. Or Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. I don't know oh, why you didn't. my God. <laughs> uh, fair point. Fair point. She can have two Oscars. That's fine. She can have all of them. Give it to him. Um, um, what else do I even want to say about this movie? I don't know if there's um, anything else I want to... I think I'm done. Yeah. I, think, I, just, I don't recommend it. I think it's a, a very bizarre... Win. Very bizarre win. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's so well. weird that like. And it's long. It's over two hours. You're it's looking so at this long. decade, and you have uh, Rebecca, a movie that uh, maybe Grapes of Wrath should have won, but Rebecca is also a great movie, yeah, and totally. it's it's it makes complete sense. Um, and then you have How Green with My Valley, which I mean, a lot of people complain about Citizen Kane, but How Green with My Valley is still like it this makes a movie, and it looks like a Best Picture winner. Definitely, you have Mrs. Miniver, which makes total sense. Makes total sense. Um, and then you have Casablanca, which I mean, how could you not? And yes. then you have <laughs> it's just it's like it a weird fit. exactly. It is not of the same caliber or of the same quality <sighs> as those movies, which is funny because Leo McCary is a great director, and I, there's lots of Leo. We love Affair. Love Affair. I mean. And uh, there are lots of Leah McCary movies that I really enjoy. The Awful Truth. Um, oh gosh, these other Oscars. The Awful Truth is. He already won an Oscar. I wonder if they just wanted to give him something that would also win Best Picture as well. I know. Okay, boom. Well, all right. Where? Yeah, we're right. done. Don't, with this. Yeah, don't watch it. Um, I mean, like, if you if you want to be a completist, watch it. If you like being Crosby, watch it. Otherwise, fair. Yeah. Otherwise, there's nothing in this movie for you. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Uh, we're watching next week. We're watching uh, the Lost Weekend. The Lost Weekend. Or Billy Wilder, which I've seen before. I love this movie. Uh, I'm a, as I've said, I'm a big Billy Wilder fan. Um, I love this movie. This will be a more pleasant conversation. It definitely will. <laughs> Fun year too. 1945. It is got a good some other year. movies to talk about. Definitely. All right. Uh, um, yeah. So we will catch you guys next week. Have a lovely week, you guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.